this is the angry GM, and this here is the supplemental proofread aloud Q&A, the supplemental question and answer Q&A portion that follows the proofread aloud of the article I just finished proofreading aloud for the live studio audience, which was of how is an orc different from a devil, and now I am going to take some questions and comments from the audience for however much time I have left, which I assume is roughly 20 minutes, and Proselys confirms is roughly 20 minutes. Okay, so first question is junk. That second sidebar is really convincing to me. They represent people whose societies have failed them or something like that. Yes, but also, and this is really, really, really important because I don't want this missed, okay? The problem is the minute you start saying words like whose society has failed them, you forget the very, very important point that I made in fantasy games only and not in real life. Um, that even if society has failed you and you are facing massive struggles, you yourself are still responsible for the choices you make. Okay, so that's, that's why I don't like the phrase society has failed them. Okay, I use the phrase that it is a story about people who failed to build a society to serve themselves. Okay, Pizza Doug is making a comment. Turns out I intuitively grasped this concept in my game to portray a devil with an ulterior motive beyond just corrupt people. It's save people from the local demon by corrupting all of them and kicking them to hell before the demon kills everyone nearby. Uh, so what you're saying is the, the, the devil was just playing a long, long game. It seemed like he was trying to save people and do good when in reality it was all just a ploy to corrupt people, which is perfect. And that's exactly it because that, the, that is it. The devil's only goal is always corrupt. That's how it works. Okay, junk. Would it be wrong to use things like demons or orcs for part of their motifs or purposes, but not all of them, as they are in traditional Tolkien or D&D? If I want demons to represent just chaos, but not necessarily evil, should I just scrap them and make them something completely different cosmological entity? I mean, I don't know why you would want to do that, because law and chaos are bullshit concepts and morality me morally meaningless. And the whole point of fantasy is partially to explore morality, which is good and evil. But if you want to do that, it wouldn't be wrong. You can do whatever you want. It's your game. That said, if you use the word demon, most people will assume it's evil. And you need to be aware of that. You need to name things carefully. And this is something I harp on a lot. If you name a class fighter, it must be good at fighting. If you name a class wizard, it must be good at casting spells. If you name a creature demon, it is a supernatural evil entity that seeks the destruction or corruption of things around them. All of the fine points and technicalities about the differences between demons and devils and this alignment to that and demon, demon, devil and yugoloths and shugoloths and, and slods and all that stuff, that's all D&D minutia. But if you use the word demon, most people are going to go and say, oh, this shit, this, this shit's evil. So just be careful of that. But otherwise, do whatever you want. But that I would say, don't lean on the law chaos thing. Law cha like, order chaos is useful but not in the way D&D does it, because it's not about society. I mean, it is sort of about society, but it also isn't. All right, so borrow. Question, 
How would you make chaos lawfulness useful in a game? Sorry if this is a question for a five series article. Look, I said when I announced this chat that I was not dealing with alignment systems in this chat, so I am not going. Actually, you know what? No. I, I'm gonna answer that question. Screw the whole chaos and lawfulness thing, though, because there's a question I have to answer in there, and it's not the question you asked, because your question is bad. And here's the thing, Boro. I am not taking a dig at you personally. And, you know, you didn't do anything wrong, but this is a thing people do to me all the time. They always ask this question in this way, and I need to punch it in the face. So you are taking the punch for everybody. Sorry, Boro. Here we go. The question, how would you make X useful in your game, is a wrong-headed, stupid question that works in the wrong order. Okay? You do not create a thing and then make it useful in a game. What you do is you are designing a game and you recognize there is a need in that game. There is a thing. Gosh, I'm suddenly realizing as I create this game, I need to represent somehow the fundamental dichotomy between order and chaos and how that shapes human existence. I need to build me a law chaos system. That is how you do it. You don't say, you know what? I have this system here for law and chaos. What could I possibly do with it? How can I cram it ham-fistedly into this game even though it looks completely useless? Can I just manufacture a use for it? That is not how it works. So no, I am not entertaining any more questions ever about how can I make X useful in the game? You come to me with the use first and I will tell you what to create for it. How about that? That's the rule from now on. Okay, next question. Bezel, thank you. Are gods different from angels and cardinals? You, that, you spelled cardinals like you're growing them outside. Uh, which, that's okay, it's a stupid name anyway, but it's a name I like. I always liked cardinals. It's like they're guardians, okay? Gardinal, G-U-A-L, but it doesn't matter. Are gods different from angels and cardinals? Yes. Gods are gods. Angels and cardinals are angels and cardinals. Very different things. The words are spelled differently. They, you, you know, they have different letters in them. They're pronounced differently. They're different. <sighs> Naja Friedman. Is chaos law... Skip past... No. <laughs> like, really? Come on. <laughs> Borrow. Please go to town as you wish. No, if it... Thank you. Uh, yep. Ralphius, re the Fallen Angel Redemption arc. As this is understandably a world-shaking event, how could you wrap the players into a story like this where they have had a meaningful impact on what happens? It's simple. They have to be the ones to do the redemptioning. Okay, they have to somehow, some way, through their actions, be the thing that brings about the redemption. Okay, it is if it's a background event. You can't do it, okay? The players, the heroes, the protagonists have to do the redeeming. They have to be the ones that make the choice at the end or do the thing or say the words or whatever it is that made the, 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 the fallen angel go, actually, you know what? I was wrong, you mortals are right, and then earth-shaking moral quake. Okay. 
And do I have any more questions coming in? Because I think I'm running short on time. Okay. Tenant, to make sure I have the difference between cardinals and angels correct, a cardinal of beauty would create works of art, or a cardinal of charity would create a soup kitchen, while an angel of beauty, you can't, well, okay, right there already you're wrong. Angel of beauty and angel of charity, not, well, okay. You wouldn't have an angel of beauty any more than you would have an, a cardinal of charity. Okay, the point is to separate the difference between virtues that people contain and qualities that the world contains. Gardinals are concerned with qualities of the world, like beauty and peace and happiness, whereas angels are concerned with virtuous ways that humans can behave, like charity, okay? So, that's that's the difference. And like I said, this you don't have to pick this thing apart so much because the point was just to give GMs tools to kind of play with, um, to, if they want to bring demons and devils into their world. This was the problem, okay? In the end, an angel or a devil or a demon or a cardinal or whatever, any sort of supernatural entity, is basically defined as doing good or doing evil for its own sake. And it has no other traits. It doesn't have drives, it doesn't have motives, it doesn't need to survive, it doesn't even care if it lives or dies. None of that stuff matters to it because all it is is its pursuit of goodness. There is not enough there for a GM to play at the table, okay? So I have suggested this frankly somewhat arbitrary system of saying devils corrupt mortals, demons ruin the world, angels elevate mortals, cardinals beautify the world, and then saying, and that is enough, you know, that those quadrants then give you the GM enough to then specifically say, okay, what is it I can still in an immortal to make a mortal a better person? Charity, this is an angel of charity, or this is an angel of courage, or this is a cardinal of harmony or whatever. And so now you have something more to play off of than just, I am an entity of pure goodness pursuing pure good. Hello, good to see you today. Because that's really difficult to play. Which is why any further questions about the differences between the like mortals, or not mortals, like cardinals and devils and, and all that other shit um, are kind of missing the point. It's not, it's just this arbitrary distinction to allow GMs something to bite into, because you need something to bite into. Um, Proselys is saying cardinals are silly, I like them too, and then he posted pictures. Yeah, cardinals are awesome. They're all like the half-animal angels. Though, I mean, furries ruined them too, but then, <laughs> you know, saying furries ruined is redundant. Uh, winter whoosh. Do you think there's secret angels, cardinals, and orc settlements like there's secret devils, demons, and human ones? You know, that's an interesting question. And, like, so... That depends on whether you're thinking from a... I only have, like, five minutes left, so I don't even know if I can think through this, this interesting thinking um, question. Because it is so... it is interesting. In the end, the game is always going to be about humans, okay? And the humans are the core experience. 
this is, this is the problem with making the non-human races more and more and more and more complica complicated. When I say angels and devils are concerned with mortals, the truth is they are concerned with mostly humans. Because humans are the most malleable ones. They're the ones whose sides can be shifted. They're the independent voters. They're the ones that can rise and fall. And so angels and devils are going to do most of their work on humans. You can't shift an elf's basic philosophy any more than you can shift an orc. Not usefully. It does happen but they're all very resistant to it compared to humans, which is also why humans are the one race that worship pretty much any god, and every other race um, has all, you know, like this specialized god. There's the dwarf god, and the elf god, and the orc god, and, you know, and humans don't have a god. And here is the explanation right there. It is because human self-determination is at the core of the story. What do humans do? Um, when they are caught in the battle between good and evil in a world that is dangerous and frankly hates them and surrounded by non-human things that they cannot control or compete with or understand, you know? So, it's, to some extent, like, a fantasy story is a horror story except um, that instead of it being the humans lose because they're terrible, it's, and the humans win because they're awesome. Okay, fantasy stories are about how awesome humans are. And I think that's a good stopping point. So thanks everybody for listening. Uh, and uh, I hope you enjoyed the Q&A and I'm gonna shut it off. Click.